1: to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording of Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club,
2: Hello everybody, my name is Stevie Kim, and this is the Italian Wine Club back. Uh, welcome back, everyone. 6 8 p.m. Thursday. That's when we have our Italian uh, wine club at on Clubhouse. And today, in theory, uh we should have our Natalia Fabrizzi doing the Farcia chat with Lisa Andrici today. I see Lisa. Ciao, Lisa.
3: Ciao, Stevie. Ciao, tutti. Thanks for having me tonight. <laughs> sure. I hope your
2: your mod moderator will show up soon.
3: I'm I'm positive. I'm positive.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, I always have many questions for everybody. You know, Lisa. I actually, have a a house near you. No way. Yeah, I actually we have a house in Andela Oh. So I mean, not near you but in the neighborhood but i haven't been in the longest time so i should i should come and see you next time next time definitely yeah yeah stop by with pleasure (laughs) so i'm actually coming back just from a tasting Mm -hmm. that Gabriele gorelli had invited me to of course he's the new master wine everyone wants a piece of him so he's absolute like pretzema he's absolutely (laughs) everywhere so today he was, uh, he held a masterclass with Chateau Figeac, mm-hmm. and uh, it was really lovely to also meet Blandine de Briere, Manon I I hope I'm saying her name right. So that that episode should be coming up. It was just an impromptu interview for the podcast and and Mama Jumbo Shrimp. So that would be coming up soon as well. Like us. so tell us, tell us what we're doing now. We're doing, what episode is this? Actually, this is the 40th episode. So we've gone this far. And oh my yes. goodness. That's crazy, right? Yes, it is. Have you been doing this from the get-go? Yeah. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> Like, no, in like, did you do the first episode? I can't remember. Yes, yes, yes. We you started did? The first, yes, it was a, with Cynthia. And, yeah, it was with okay. Cynthia. That's I right. I like the Tosca. We've come mm-hmm. a very long way. As you know, these recordings are replayed on Italian Wine Podcast. And the Ambassador's Corner has been very popular. One of the top listens are in fact ambassadors corner by the way in April I just want to thank everyone I think we are the number one wine podcast now because um, we've had 224,000 listen just in the month of April for SoundCloud and of course that's not counting all of the other channels so you know what I'm going to do until Natalia shows up like a She's actually here in the room right now. Oh, she is. Where is she? I don't see her.
4: Hello, everybody. Can you hear me?
2: Yes. How are you connecting? Where are you physically?
4: Oh, right now I'm in Piedmont. I'm in Gavi, where I currently live.
2: I don't see you though on the on stage. Uh, that is strange. Okay, well, Natalia. Well, thank you for joining us. I don't see you. Do you see? Do you see? Yeah, that? I
4: see. Do I see, see Natalia her? on stage as well as Lisa Joy and. Um,
2: Oh, way. okay. Maybe. Oh, now I see her. Okay. Oh, okay. Now I see her. I, <laughs> I just, think it's I, a I bug to, in the club. Yeah, I just had to refresh. Well, thank yep. you for joining us. Good thing you decided to show up. As you know, Ambassador Corner is where our ambassadors from uh, the VIA community, they get to choose their favorite Italian wine producer and they kind of do the deep dive, more like a fireside fireside chat style. And it's been crazy popular. So today we have Natalia Fabrizzi. She sounds Italian. She is actually a Brazilian traveler winemaker, it says on your bio. What does that mean?
4: Uh, well, thank you very much for uh, the invitation. It's a pleasure. So I graduated in uh, winemaking in Brazil. A few Whereabouts years in Brazil? Um, In Sao Paulo.
2: Oh, in Sao Paulo. Okay.
4: Yes, it's a countryside, Sao Paulo, a small wine region, and um, with some experimental projects uh, with wine. And uh, it was a great opportunity to start in the wine world. And uh, when I finished my uh, studies, then I had the opportunity to go to uh, California in uh, Napa Valley to do my first uh, internship in a winery. And then uh, traveler winemaker, because since then, uh, it's what I um, was doing. So uh, traveling around the world, I've been to a few uh, countries and uh, doing harvest time, uh, working in the lab or in the production or in the vineyards, <laughs> um, everything related. And um Yes, now now I'm uh, working the um, business side of the um, of wine. So, uh, so you sell- mean the
2: commercial side?
4: Exactly.
2: And what are you doing now?
4: So I'm the expert manager for uh, two wineries here in Piedmont. It's uh, two wineries owned by the same family. Uh, one it's in Barolo, and the other one here in Gavi.
2: What's the name of the family?
4: The Rossi Cairo family. Um, okay. uh, in Gavi, the, the winery is Laraya. It's an okay. organic biodynamic winery, and in um, Barolo, uh, it's in Cera Lunga d'Alban, Tenuta Cuco.
2: Ah, okay, okay. So today, uh, but you've chosen Andrici. So why did you choose? Why did you decide in the end to speak with to the call with Lisa Marie Andrici?
4: Yes, uh Lisa uh, first of all it's a really good friend of mine and um she's the new generation of uh, one of the most traditional families uh in Trentino uh, in wine families. I I've, I've been to the wineries uh, uh to the winery a few, to- a few times and um I really think it's uh, impeccable in every sense uh starting with the wines uh, um really beautiful architecture. they have so many innovative projects uh, um so um it's one of the reasons i I chose them and uh today we'll be we'll be talking about um some native grapes from Trentino and also um the history of um her family.
2: So I guess one of the things that we'll be learning from this call, as we call it, the learning objectives, are indeed some of the grapes, right? What, what, so what are the learning objectives precisely from this call?
4: Okay, so we'll be talking about uh, Trentodoc, um, Teróldigo, also uh, Lisa will explain us uh, about the Teróldigo revolution, um, Enoturismo, um they are really referencing enotourism. They have a uh, uh, great um, um, hospitality um, structure and also uh, geographic aspects of uh, piano italiana
2: Oh, excellent. And um by the way, how did you how did you when how and when did you discover Cantina Andrizzi?
4: I discovered Cantina because I met, uh, it was in a work dinner. I met the husband of Lisa. He used to work for uh, my distributor um, of uh, in Germany. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, he spoke um, about uh, the winery. And uh, not later after that, uh, I went to visit uh, and then I fell in love with the place.
2: <laughs> okay, great. All right, so I'm going to uh, pass the mic over to you, uh, Natalia, and I will come back um, to see if there are any questions in the end. Okay.
4: Okay, sounds great. Thank
2: you. Okay. Ciao,
4: ciao. Ciao. Ciao, Lisa. Welcome to the Italian Wine Ambassador Corner. Ciao, Nati. How ciao are ciao. you? <laughs> I'm. I'm great. Thanks. Th- thanks so much for inviting me. <laughs> I am. I'm very excited to to have you on board. So uh, for uh, just a small introduction about uh, Lisa, she's uh, half German and half Italian, and um, she's the fifth generation of the Andritzi family. Um, Big uh, responsibility, uh, Lisa. Yeah, it
3: is. It's a big responsibility, but also a privilege. I think uh, you have to be conscious of both uh, things. We have four generations uh, to look back and uh, to make proud, but also, you know, interpret it as, um, as you are and what you want to make out of it. I think that's something really nice about the wine world.
4: Yes. Um, so I would I would like to start with the, um, the origins uh, of your family winery. Um, mm-hmm. Will you tell us how everything started? Sure. I wasn't there, unfortunately, as we said before,
3: because uh, the winery is quite old. Uh, it dates back to 1885, um, where um, yeah, the two founders, Angelo and Francesco Andrici, came down from the Valle di Non. Uh, so, I don't know if all of you know exactly where Trentino is. Trentino, we are in the northern part of Italy. We're quite close to the Dolomites. And we are a very mountainous region. So, we have many valleys. And let's say that the main city is Trento. So, back in the time, uh, the two founders decided to make their luck, you know, start from Valle which which now is uh, famous for the apples. Mm-hmm. And went by foot, of course. They wanted to go to Trento um during their travels though they found uh, a nice girl called Giovanna in San Michele al Ladige where uh, the Trentino is uh, today and uh, they decided to stay there and the two brothers together with um the the brother of Giovanna let's say created the the continent in 1885 back there we were under the austrian empire so it used to be all different. We were, let's say, the southern part of the empire, and we used to sell all the wine to the north. And after World War I, we became the most northern region, let's say, of Italy, and um, we entered a market which was full of wine. So that's something very inspirational for me, that um, our ancestors had to change this perspective. But still, also nowadays in my family, we Um, concentrate a lot on export, so I would say this is one of our um, USPs. Right. Mm -hmm. And
4: um, which markets uh, um, are the most important for Hendrix here right now? Well, actually, since I would say two, three years ago,
3: Germany was the biggest market. As you also said before, my mom is German so we not only speak the language we also understand the mentality which is also very important if you want to um, embrace you know uh, a business relationship it helps always um i would say till 2 3 years ago germany was the biggest market it was around 40% of our market uh, but in the last years we changed also uh, all our selling structure in italy and we are focusing a lot on italy right now so I would say Italy is just above 40% and Germany is now, now maybe a 30%. This is also thanks to Trentodoc. I think we will talk about Trentodoc later. Yeah. yeah, but in total, we are in 24 countries. But I would say that Europe is our most important market.
4: Fantastic. And um, after four generations of wine producing, do you remember when was the moment when you felt like the wine business was your lifetime project like um do you feel pressure from uh, the family to take over of the family business or that came very naturally for you that's a great question because uh, many people ask me how how it worked
3: because as also Stevie said before it's um it's a great responsibility or you said it before um, to continue with this family project. And I think my parents were very smart. They never, um, obliged us to do something, you know, to do the vineyard work, to do, uh, come to Vinitaly, et cetera. So they always let us the choice, even if they sold us, uh, all the, the winery, very intelligently, you know, they always showed us the nice parts and what you can do with, um, <clears throat> with a family winery. And so we never had the pressure um, that we had to choose it, but we wanted to choose it. And um, for me, I started drinking wine really late. It was, I think I was like 21. And that was a point where I said, okay, I have to start drinking wine. Otherwise, um, yeah, we (laughs) cannot go on like this. And I did my first studies and my first bachelor in Milano. I studied uh, marketing and PR, which is uh, very useful for my job today. And um, and then uh, I was living in Milano and um, there I understood that I was missing, let's say, all the rural part of um, making wine and the nature. And it was the same time when my brother finished his high school. And so we said, mm, why don't we do something really with wine? So we decided together to go to Geisenheim University. Um, some of you, I'm sure, know it and we went together to study uh, international wine business where i also met my husband which is um why we know each other so
4: <laughs> yeah that's so cool yeah it's uh, i think it's very important uh, that they let it happen uh, very naturally exactly mm-hmm. because as um i'm as, um, sorry i forgot um the,
3: the if you run a, a family winery or a winery in general you have many aspects. It's not all only the wine making. You have, of course, the vineyards. That's clear. But then you have, you know, the banks. You have the strategic uh, decisions to make. The the communication, the hospitality. You have architects coming in because um, you have some projects we will discuss also later. So, and if you love art, music, you can uh, organize events, and that's something that my mom really.
4: Um, told me from the beginning that you can, in the end, make something
3: beautiful for yourself.
4: Yes, I met your parents and they are really inspiring. Mm -hmm. And um, your mom, she's an architect. Um, I know that she designed the wine cellar, which is Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely beautiful. Um, She was also uh, the pioneer on deciding to acquire Serpaia in Toscani because you... Uh, is is the second winery of the family right so will you tell us about the Serpaia project yeah. yeah with pleasure as you said uh, my mom was an
3: architect my dad was a lawyer and um it's a, it's a nice combination my mom is german my dad is italian and we say our slogan is italian organization and german creativity which i don't think that you can find <laughs> very often normally it's the other way around but that's really how our family um goes and so my dad is the organized one my mom is a creative one and when she came to italy 33 years ago uh, she came from um, uh, the the area of stuttgart which is quite a flat and hilly area she came to trentino with all these high mountains and she, she likes it but uh one day she said to my dad you know i really miss sunsets so this is one thing uh we don't have in trentino that's why all um Trentino people run up on the mountains to see the sunsets because normally the sun just goes away um, behind the mountain. Yeah. So in the end of the um, 1990s, they said, okay, let's start to look maybe for new projects, new lands. Um, and in the year 2000, they acquired 20 hectares close to Fonte Blanda, which is uh, close to Talamone and Grosseto, so in the Maremma area. And they decided, yeah, to have a foot also there. And it was really um, to enlarge their horizon. And that's something I really appreciate about um, my parents, that they always taught us to uh, look outside of the box. Uh, I mean, we have been in Trentino for uh, 140 years now, and they really wanted to embrace something new, you know, a new challenge, because it's a different uh, land, different people, different grape varieties. So in Serpaia, now uh, we have the typical, let's say, um, varieties like Sangiovese. Then we have Cabernet, Merlot. We started planting very um, typical grapes for that area, like Chijololo, a couple of years ago. And um, my husband actually is down in Serpaia right now, uh, so he took, um, he entered our company during the pandemic. So that was a nice opportunity for all, for all of us since he also studied as an analog and he's now, let's say following um, the Serpaya project uh, with in first hand. So he's down there, let's say one week per month at least to follow all the the vineyards and the wine production.
4: Yeah. And he's very excited about it. I went so to excited. <laughs> let's, uh, let's harvest. I, I, I was uh, really close to to the winery, so I stopped by, and he made me taste the ferments of uh, Chilliolo. Mm-hmm. Uh, really fantastic. Yeah, yeah so cool. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I saw the the winery uh, in, in Trentino. It's uh, producing twenty five different wines, uh, mm-hmm. uh, divided in five uh, five different lines. So there's the Trento DOC, the Linea Classica, Linea Dalis, and Linea Massetto. Mm -hmm. Um, how many grape varieties uh, native grape varieties are grown in the state and um, would you comment one of them and how you see the the importance of cultivating autochthonous grapes um, for the cultural patrimony of Italy yeah so you you said correctly I think Italy we all agree is one of the
3: countries with the most autochthonous grape varieties in Trentino we have some and um, you, you have seen we have 25 different wines. We are quite creative because <laughs> we also have <laughs> we have many different DOCs in Trentino. Um, maybe I can talk about um, something we'll talk also about later, maybe the Giardino dei Profumi, which yeah. is a, some, a, a special piece of vineyard that um, we created where we planted 22 different rows of grape varieties which are typical for our region. And in front of the row, we plant the aromas that then you can find in the wine. Of course, wine tasting is very subjective. So for me, there's never a wrong or a right in the aromas that you can find. But let's say there are some main uh, aromas, let's say for um, Sauvignon Blanc um, that you can represent. So that's something nice where we can... um, where we can see really the aromas that you can find in the wine. And I I tell you this because these 22 varieties are typical for Trentino, which is a lot, if you think about it.
4: It's brilliant, the idea of the Giardino dei Profumi, the perfume garden. Yeah, and um, we for ourselves, we
3: have 13 of these grape varieties, which we use in our wines. Some wines are, let's say, uh, created from the older generation, so uh, five generations ago. Some wines, like the Dali's line, are the newer ones. Uh, they carry the name of my brother and me, Daniele and Lisa. So we, we like to embrace, let's say, um, the, the, the autochthonous grapes, but make them also ours. We have a line which is called Classica, where it's always 100% one grape variety, and where we, let's say, vinify in the most classical way. The most important autochthonous grape for us is for sure, Teroldego. We are really in front of the Piana Rotagliana. Piana Rotagliana are 400 hectares um, in the center, let's say, of the Valle dell'Adige. It's perfectly located north-south. Uh, and um, we are some producers who, who cultivate Teroldigo. Teroldego. maybe not all of you know about this grape variety. The name is quite unique. Um, there are many different theories where the name comes from. The, the theory that we prefer is uh, the one that it comes from German Tiroler Gold, so the gold from Ty- Tyrol. As I told you before, we used to be under the Austrian-German Empire, we used to speak German um and our ancestors used to say that it was the gold from the region so the best what the region can offer and we still agree um even today we have many different uh red wines with teroldogo in it i would say most of our red wines have teroldogo in them and then we have also two rosés done of teroldego, the teroldogo grape um is is an interesting grape and also the wine for me it's very modern it's a wine which is very dark it is low in tannins it has a good acidity and it makes quite um modern wines and it's also great for for aging like our top wine it's called Gran Mazeto um it is a hundred percent Teroldego which is made out of fifty percent of Dried grapes, which we dry in the cold, like in big refrigerated rooms to concentrate the, the aromas that teroldego already has. So we are not adding uh, a marmalady touch, you know, thanks to this drying in the cold. Mm-hmm. And I think this makes this wine very interesting. Also for aging. That's a wine where we, we keep uh, from the first vintage 2003, we keep all the vintages in the cellar. So... If uh, somebody is interested also in buying, you know, mature vintages, we have them on our price list, which I think is a very interesting um, point to um, to have also these more mature wines on on the list because it's um it's always a, a safety point for who buys the wine if they know that the wine is has been stored in a cellar with the right temperature and everything. So that all for us is really. Very important, and then we have Noziola. Noziola is a white grape um, with a light uh, skin. the The grapes are almost green, and Noziola comes from the Trentino Nozelletta. Nozelletta is the hazelnut, so uh, some uh, say that Noziola can sometimes taste like uh, yeah, hazelnuts, like Nutella. <laughs> <laughs> we have nosiola only in in one uh, in one in one wine in dalis bianco um it gives a floral touch so we like to incorporate it in uh, in our blends so i would say these are the two main um autochthonous grapes we have in our region and of course we have marzamino croppello but that's in different areas of trentino so it's not for Endrizzi.
4: Right, I think it's uh, fantastic that you offer this uh, tailored service to the clients keeping the old vintage. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, this is uh this is very important. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm.
3: It's a lot of uh, stock, also. You know, it's very expensive for us, but <laughs> I think it's worth it. If you if you work um, towards quality, I think that every winery should consider at least only from of the top wine to to keep. Um, You know the vintages aside, and to make nice vertical tastings. And uh, when you will come to visit us uh, with Stevie, we will do a nice uh, Gramazio tasting (laughs) of all vintages.
1: Italian wine podcast, part of the Mama Jumbo Shrimp family.
4: It it it's one of my favorite wines of yours, oh, Grumasetto, you. <laughs> and the Trento Pian Piancastello. I can't uh, wait to to crack a bottle next time we see each other. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I wanted to ask you about the collaboration that um, Indrizzi has with the San Michele Ladije Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, when did it started? collaboration and um, how how it's um, how, how the students uh, uh, are collaborating um, within the winery. I know you you receive interns uh, every year so um, how does that work? Yeah, so that's um, something which is very nice
3: that we have this geographical, let's say closeness with the Instituto di San Michele all'Adige so it's in the town and we are two kilometers out of the, of the village. So we are really close. And I think the cooperation goes back a couple of decades because um, I know my dad, my, my grandpa started working with them. I don't know if maybe also in the generations before um, there were co- collaborations. Um, but it's really nice to have these couple of hundred um, research, um, people who do research so close to us. So we rely on them for for different things. Um, First of all, we were among the first in Santino together with the Instituto di San Michele to try out the sexual confusion method in the vineyards, which helps us to avoid all kinds of insecticides and pesticides and work in a really clean way. Um, And as you also said, yeah, we, we have a good relationship with all the professors. We have interns every year, two or three. To show how we work, and and they also come to check the giardino dei profumi because you don't find it often to have 22 you know varieties which are planted so close, one next to the other, to analyze how is the um, how is the maturing of the of the grapes going, how uh, are the the plants growing, like the different stages, because of course you can see that some grapes uh, or some plants are getting the leaves are coming out earlier than others so they come every week to check and to to make their yeah analysis on what they see and i think that's that's a richness that that we have and that uh we love to share because we're all in for um you know making research to always get better and yeah to be close to nature as much as we can
4: Yes you are uh, you are um an eco sustainable winery and um how what do you do to minimize the environmental uh, impact Yeah that's a, that's a good question
3: and um I think the the real conscious um embracing the environment was when uh, my parents built the the cellar the new cellar at the beginning of the year 2000 okay. And they decided to build it under the earth for, of course, several reasons. I think uh, since my mom is an architect, uh, they also like the idea to have nature continue, you know, not just put a building there to disturb nature. A bit like, uh, you know, Miss van der Rohe, who used to build the his buildings a bit higher to allow nature to continue to grow underneath. Like
4: and, in a way. Sorry like complementing in a way yes
3: yes to keep you know this to let the space for nature to to just keep on doing um its thing so to to take as 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 few quantity from them uh as we can so on the new uh winery there is the jardim de profumi actually so um, that's a positive thing of having a building uh underneath the earth so for a uh, Let's say a uh, landscapey reason for a natural reason. Of course, if you have the cellar under the earth, um, we we take advantage of the of the free fall of the grapes. You know,
2: mm-hmm. we have
3: no crushing. We don't use pipes uh, before the pressing, um, and then we have always the same temperature underneath the earth um then what we have of course solar panels you know to get the energy um we have the other roofs uh, of newer buildings that we built uh, are also green so also there we want to keep the uh, ecosystem going um in the vineyards as i mentioned before we use the sexual confusion which i think all of you are familiar with uh, since we're all um in the wine industry but um, very easily explained. We use these pheromones so that the um, the insects cannot reproduce themselves because it all let's say uh, smells like like female. And um, then we put twenty nests for birds per hectare, and these birds eat the poor uh, insects who are looking for their partner. And uh, we didn't stop there. We also added um, nests for bats, so they do their job during the night. So we have a twenty four hour Terrorism, let's say, against um, the insects. Um, we have been doing this for more than 20 years. As I said before, we started with the Instituto di San Michele. And I would say nowadays in Trentino, everybody uses this kind of uh, method in the vineyard because it's really effective. And uh, to keep on going this, um, let's say, natural way in the vineyards, in the cellar, we... When my parents built the cellar, they really wanted to have the highest technology to keep our wines clean. We are a fan of, uh, let's say, overall, the the white wine, which are very clean. We are uh, in a northern um, region. We want to show how Trentino, um, how Trentino is. Let's say the whites are very mineral, very fresh. So we installed a machine which splits the air into oxygen and nitrogen we keep the nitrogen to protect the most from oxidation. So if you imagine like an apple, you cut it in two, it gets brown very fast. The same happens with most. Um, mm-hmm. So we want to avoid an oxidation. So we cover it with nitrogen to avoid, let's say the contact with the air. And this permits us to add lo- much less sulfides in the end in the bottle. And um, to, you know, some people are a bit... Um, have some problems with sulphide, so um, we we often say you can drink a uh, one bottle of white anddrizzi without getting a headache so that's also quite 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 interesting because again that's thanks to technology where we can stay as clean um as possible and uh, as you know uh, my brother and i we went to the Waldorf school and also with um uh, yeah where you're right now you're quite familiar with all the Rudolf Steiner um, yes. ideology
4: there's the there's the, the Waldorf school here it's, exactly uh, it's a fantastic way of uh, education i think it's so so cool that you grow up in this uh with this mindset so this kind of education yeah
3: i think it's a very holistic way to see things so where you uh, are responsible about what you do so my brother and i we We went to the elementary and middle school here in Trento uh, at the Wall of School. So um, I think that's something very important really to respect um, the nature and and respect the cycle.
4: Exactly. Yeah, giving back to the nature. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Andritzi is among the founders of um, the Trento doc back in Mm -hmm. the 80s, right? Uh, which yes. was the um, the first vintage of uh, Trento DOC that Andris, uh produced, and um, there is uh, I see there is also an exponential uh, market demand for Trento DOC. You've been telling me as well that you're uh, uh, expanding the the production of Trento yes. DOC. How many bottles are you producing right now?
3: Yeah, so the um, the Trento DOC topic is something which is really close to our heart because, as you mentioned, um, my parents were among the founders of the Instituto Trento DOC back in nineteen eighty four, and we are quite proud to have been among you know the the few ones who believed in this project since the very beginning. Uh, back then it was like you know uh a handful of producers, and nowadays I think we reached um sixty wineries who are part of this group. And we are quite happy because I think Trentodoc is a very valuable product. And the, the more we are, the merrier it is. Um, of course, uh, keeping, let's say, the, the quality objective in mind. Um, I think all the project uh, of, of Trentodoc and sparkling was born um, thanks to one vineyard we have, which is called Pian Castello. Pian Castello is a vineyard which is close to Castello di Monreale, which you may see if you uh pass at the um, highway here and you look uh, to to one side you can see the the castello and there you will always also see our vineyard it's it's an interesting vineyard because it's a clo so it's surrounded by the woods um it's entirely dedicated at the Doc-Pian castello project and we don't have neighbors you know that's that's really good because um we know the work we do in the, vine- in the vineyard is entirely you know thought for that vineyard and it's not you know the wind is bringing nothing from neighbors and um my parents started uh, as i said in the 80s so even before the instituto trentodoc was born actually before trentodoc there was also a project which was called which was called talento which tried to unify the different uh, metodo classico uh, producers around italy unfortunately it was a project which didn't start so um yeah Around um, the year 84, the Trentodoc Institute uh, was born with, of course, um, the rules, which we all have to follow, like uh, what are the grape varieties, of course, um, Chardonnay, Pinot Nero, Meunier and e Pino Bianco. At least you have to have um, staying on the lease, uh, let's say a maturation on the lease for 15 months. If you want to, to write riserva on it, it has to be 36. Um, so of course there are different rules and of course, the higher you go with Trento DOC, the better it is because, um, all sparklings, uh, benefit from the difference, uh, night and day, you know, the, the exchange in temperature and our, our Castello vineyard is around at 400 meters height. So that's the perfect uh, place to grow Trento DOC. And I I don't deny that in the last years, we are seeing an exponential growth um, in demand for Trentodoc in Italy. I'm I'm saying Italy because um, it's it's just in the last years where we see, um, let's say, uh, um, a higher interest from Germany, from other countries. But um, it's also nice to, to know, you know, that it's one region, one, one nation that is really interested about one kind of product. So to give you numbers, um, this year we um, sold um, 100,000 bottles of DOC. But uh, since we organized ourselves in advance, uh, because we, we hoped that the project would, you know, um, launch this nicely, we are looking for an increase for next year of 30%. So oh, wow. around 130,000 bottles and who knows, you know, the, the years uh, which are to come. So we really have to brace ourselves uh, for this to doc moment. And I think, yeah, mostly my parents are so happy because they, they started, you know, this, pro hoped it to be um, this interesting. And I think we are there now. And, in general, I think Metodo Clássico is a very interesting wine for nowadays. It tells a story, you know. No bottle yes. is, uh, is the same one to the other, so I think it's, yeah, it's quite interesting.
4: Yeah, definitely. And you have also some um, old vintages of Trento Doc in the winery.
3: We do, we do. Not so much as Grammazetto for the moment, but we're starting to keep them aside, but that's uh, even more difficult because the demand is so high and to say, okay, now we stop. Um, we are starting to do it. Um, mostly we have one product which is called Mazetto Privé, which we leave 10 years on the lease. Um, that, that was a, a wine, a scumante, which we used to drink for our family. That's why it's called Privé. Mm-hmm.
4: And a couple of years ago, we
3: decided to be social and share it with friends and family. And, um, currently it's a vintage 2010 and we have also there, the older vintages and also our Pian Castello range. We have now three Piancastello which come from this specific vineyard. We have a Brut, we have a Rosé and a padose, And then we have one classical, which is called Andrizzi Brut, which is, you know, the more lighter one, the green apple nodes, uh, a bit less of the, uh, Brioche and, um, all the more, let's say um aromas which are more ev- evolved we leave them for the more of course reserva ones but we arrived yeah at five products and yeah we're quite quite happy
4: yeah i i am, I am more happy that you decided to share the massage so <laughs> and i'm sure everybody here listening as well so tasting a drink to dog 10 years uh, on the list the uh, it's uh, something uh, very rare and unique
3: yeah i think the aromas really change and um in our Mazzetto privé uh, i i admire the freshness that you still can find and also it has this apricotty tone which is incredible mm-hmm. and um if some of you yeah, get the chance to taste uh, mazetta privé please let us know what you think about it
4: Oh, Okay, so uh, I wanted to ask you about the Teroldigo Revolution as well. Mm-hmm. That, uh, it's a, a, a group of uh, wineries uh, participating, right? Yeah, um, it's a um, it's, uh, Teroldigo Revolution. It's a group.
3: We are uh, nine producers, nine young producers from the Pianarotaliana. Italiana, And we decided, uh, I think now it was four years ago, to unite and to make teroldego great again this was one of our first slogans um, but the aim really is to get together speak about teroldego um, so, go to wine fairs make degustations why not go abroad and talk about this great variety because i think teroldego started as a, as a wine which you drank you know every day at lunch um, quite a light product and in the in the last years People have been seeing the potential of Teroldego, and um, as I said also before, it's a great wine you can keep for for many years, and and that's something really nice that I think we have with this group. We we're not only colleagues, but we became friends, and that's something that my parents always say that um, it wasn't like this before. You know, it's it's always hard to to get together, and I think we we really managed that to. To create a bond among us, and to have one goal, and to to bring Teraldigo to its highest uh, quality, and and to talk about Teraldigo whenever we can. So it's a bit of a revolution, but I like to think about it as an evolution, also. So it's a bit of this uh, um, a game, you know, of of words. And we're actually having, yeah, we're organizing right now a great party here on on a mountain um, in June. You know. Um, to To celebrate, also you know, being back together, being being outside, and where we we invite, you know, um, all our friends and and uh, people from the wine world. So,
4: ah, yeah. so I'll be waiting for the invitation. Exactly, exactly. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's it's a cool, you know, barbecue and really something, yeah, easy. Yeah. yeah and actually actually I, I forgot but this weekend so starting from from saturday we have the uh, Teroldigo days in trentino so who of you may be um not too far from here um you can look for Teroldigo in the piano italiana there are many um master classes we're having one with Teroldigo Pollution on sunday evening and you can have a walk uh among the, the wineries in the um, in the Italiana and taste all the teroldeghi from the area so i think also our region is pushing a lot this variety um, as being you know the most important autochthonous grape from our region so there's quite of nice uh, things to to attend to and uh, it's
4: uh, in the winery where you will be uh receiving people for um the Teroldego um tasting?
3: Also, so um our winery is always open and uh, during this weekend we will talk specifically a lot about Teroldego. Um, but the main events are more central in the Piana Rotaliana, so we will be hosted by another winery, and uh, there will be like an evening. Um, on Saturday night there will be like a um, a tasting area at Palazzo Martini, which is let's say the the main point for Teroldego. It's really in, in mezzo corona, so in the heart of the Piana Rotaliana and people can go there and taste all Teroldeghi. And I think it's a nice
4: occasion. Oh, that's uh, very cool. And I, I, I'm sure the you say it's easygoing events, but when uh, in the events it's involved it's always uh very well-organized and beautiful events. Uh, I I know uh, uh, Indritzi is uh, very strong uh, in the Tourism. It's uh, a strong skill of the family. And um, I've been to one of your events, the Pergola event last summer with the live music. Uh, it yeah. was uh, absolutely amazing. And um, would you like to share with us a bit about uh, the Indridzi events and um, maybe how many people you have collaborating for this projects at the weddings that you uh, um, host in the winery?
3: Yeah, with pleasure. I think that um, the topic of innotourism is very important for wineries. I think it's always a pity um, if a winery you know, shuts, shuts their doors and, and, and does everything by themselves, not wanting to show what they do. I think it's a it's a richness we have, and that we we should invite people to see, because what we have experienced during the years that if people come to visit you, you will have a spot in their hearts, you know, because um, you you will do everything possible to make um, to make a memory for them to create an emotion. So that's something that uh, we started. Fifteen years ago, my parents started with um, hosting weddings. So we have a nice uh, room, which is the old bottaya. So you can get married among the um, the old barrels. I did the same, so I can only suggest it. <laughs> and um, so that's something we do during the summer, every Saturday and uh, some of the Sundays also. Um, here, I have to say, thanks to the the pandemic, um, we uh, had the time. And the um, the head to rethink a bit our hospitality. So we came out of um, let's say a business relationship with uh, partners in our wine shop, and since the weddings were not happening during the pandemic and everything, we had the time you know to uh, reevaluate everything. So we decided to um, to change this relationship to go from two people to four people, five in the summer um who are now co-workers of Endrizzi and are there from 10 to 19 uh, to to 7 p.m. every day you know of the year um to welcome our guests so we really changed from uh you know closing during the, the lunchtime and everything to being open all the time and that also changed um in our offer so now we are also offering you know talieri Uh, charcuterie boards uh or now we're doing like small plates in combination with the wine and it it took us um yeah um some time to rearrange a bit um our offer but keeping in mind who we are and you were talking about the open pergola event which was yeah it's one of my favorite events uh, during during summertime It was the first event we did, let's say, after the first lockdown. So it was June 2020. And um, we were, you know, um, uh, how do you say, so many people came. It was like 120 uh, registrations. It was, of course, all on registration only. And uh, it was not a social distance, but it was like a natural distance. We decided to put small tables between the vines uh, to create the distance we gave everybody you know the wooden box the the, the classical uh, wooden box of uh, six wines We were put inside you know like a, a gourmet picnic and a bottle of wine and people could go among the vines and and have a nice day and then we have of course the the music and um and and the atmosphere so yeah I, so special show yeah, yeah, you've been there and I'm, I'm happy you saw it because now that we have the weddings, it's a bit more difficult to organize, um, to conciliate the two things. But I hope that this summer we'll have another one. But what we do um, now, you know, every day is tastings. If you go on our website, .it, you find different tastings for, you know, every need, um, different tours. Also, we, we develop the tours. You can have a tour, you know, with our analog which is very specific. You can uh, have a walking tour on your own. Um, so we, we like to be diverse and to show what our nice region uh, has to offer. So uh, we have a, a new space now, which is called Veranda, uh, which hosts smaller groups in the winery. Um, so I think all the inner is is very important and not to forget the Giardino dei Profumi, of course. It's something that um, every visitor who comes to visit uh, keeps in mind because you can really touch and smell the aromas of a grape.
4: Yes, that's, uh, that's really fantastic. Uh, it's uh, one of the most uh, special, well-organized, beautiful events, uh, uh, picnics uh, under the vines that I've ever been in a while. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would like just to um the last question, since we are also about to to run out of time. Mm-hmm. Um, if there is any new projects that you would like to share with us,
3: yeah. So um, as we said before, the Trento Doc project is for sure one of our biggest projects right now, and we may or may not be looking at um new land um over at the Lago di Garda which is very high. It's around 700 meters and where we would love to plant uh, some more Pinonero. So that's a great project we're working on now. We are uh, deciding to grow our winery this year. So we are working on new cellar to store Trento DOC because if you imagine our Trento Docks go from two years on the lease to 10 years on the lease, we have to have a stock, like a huge stock. And we need space for that. So we are, we are, let's say, growing, uh, in that direction. And I think that's a very positive, uh, thing. If, yeah, if a winery is, you know, growing and looking to the future.
4: Of course. Yes. Uh well um I think that was really great um I am so happy that you uh, accepted my uh, invitation to participate to thank to you the, so much <laughs> and um I will leave it open to see if anybody wants to uh make a
2: question thank you so much for that um I was getting so thirsty while I was just listening and hungry mm-hmm. and the barbecue coming up barbecue I'm getting so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely will have to tap you when I go to pass by San Michele d'Adige. Okay, so. Absolutely. Uh, there's now the tunnel, actually. I don't even have to go all the way to uh, San Michele. That's why I don't think of you. Because now it's from uh, Trento and You can go directly to uh, Paganella. ay. So, um, yep. So it's it's great for us, but then yeah. we miss out on all the, um, yeah. the winery tools. like I'm going to bring back on Laika. Hi. I Hi, Leica. You want to tell us what's going to happen for next week?
4: Okay, for next week, I'm still waiting for confirmation um, for the ambassadors.
2: Um, oh wait, so... I have something. I have something for that too. Hold on. Wait, I don't hear yeah, So that's for next week. We're still. <laughs> I hadn't used that button yet, the suspense button. Oh.
0: Um, but so,
2: so we're still <laughs> it's waiting. So, so, so keep, keep posted, you guys. Thank you so much, Lisa. I'm going to close up the room. Uh, lisa and um, i hope to see you very very soon how has been italy for you it was
3: great it was great seeing everybody being back among the people and yeah. we had a great uh, interest from from it was a quality public so that was great
2: yeah fantastic That's and then thanks I meant,
3: yeah. thanks to you guys and you you always
4: uh, taste our wines also so
2: thanks also for that <laughs> okay great natalia
4: Thank you very much. See Ciao,
2: Natalia. You. I, I hope to see you soon. Yeah, me too. Thank okay, you. Okay, thank you so much. And you guys keep in
0: tune. Thanks for listening to this episode of Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Vinitoli Academy